Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to thepetecalendarshow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. Okay, okay, let's take... All right, let's just eavesdrop in. This is the White House press secretary doing her briefing, Corinne Jean-Pierre. Uh, and so I uh, just want to make sure that that's out there. But look... All right, um, I can't take any more. Perceived. All right, that's it. No, I'm kidding. Bring it back up. That's fine. Bring it back. Uh, number of hate-fueled attacks. Uh, and certainly President Biden understands that many of our Muslim Arab... Arab Americans and Palestinian American loved ones and neighbors are worried about the hate being directed at their communities, and that is something you heard the president speak to in his uh, in his address uh, just last last Thursday. And so, uh, one of the things that the president has done is directed his team, uh, uh, Homeland Security team, to prioritize prevention uh, and disruption of any emerging threats that could harm the Jewish, the Muslim, uh, Arab Americans, or or any other communities. And that is something that the president has no, sought to right. do and. I mean, that's smart. Prioritize everybody, any community. That that makes sense. You know, bringing protecting communities, obviously, but bringing people together, Mm. the soul, uh, uh, protecting the soul of the nation. Uh, What? And so, what? um, that is something that the president takes very, very seriously. Mm, okay, uh, and um, we, you know, we're going to continue to denounce any sort of hate uh, towards any American here. Oh, yeah, that's uh, and so that's what we're going to continue to be steadfast on. Again, he has he has uh, uh, advised, directed his Homeland Security uh, team to make sure that they're on top of this. Okay. Be on top of the hate. specific you're hoping to get out of the Australian meeting this week, or is it more of a consultation? So we'll have more on the agenda for the meeting. I certainly don't want to get ahead of the deliverables that will come out uh, on Wednesday, but certainly we'll have more to share. And obviously, we tend to have these background calls at NSC leads, and so uh, we'll we'll have some more in depth on the priorities and the agenda and what we're looking to do. Uh, oh, I haven't called it again. Thank you. Um, I know uh, John Kirby addressed the protests on college campuses, and I appreciate that the president respects First Amendment rights to protest. But does the president view anti-Israel protests and sentiment on college campuses as anti-Semitism? So, look, I'm not going to get into what's happening across the country and at different universities. Not going to get into no, the specifics, as the admiral said, the First mm. Amendment right. Right. That's mm. what something a peaceful protest mm-hmm. is really uh, part of part of our democracy. Being able for folks to to uh, to be able to express their feelings. I'm not going to get into any. Uh, uh, you know specifics on that. The president has been good very people on both sides. You might say to make sure that uh, Jewish Americans wanting to make sure that Arab Americans, Muslims are protected here. That is what he believes in. That we they have the right uh, to live their lives and to feel protection and to feel like they have a right to, to feel protection. Community. The president has been very very clear on denouncing any type of violence. And so uh, as it relates to peaceful protesting. People have the right to do that, uh, but we're just not going to get into blow by blows of what's going on across the country. Well, the president has been very clear, not very clear. Blow by blow, but the president himself said silence is complicity. Mm. So there's anti-Semitic letters being sent by students or protests, sentiment at of course, protests. Of course, the president doesn't uh, is is uh, 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 is against anti-Semitism. Of course. 
This is a president uh, that you have heard me say is it wants to protect communities, whether it's the Jewish community, uh, the Arab American community, the Palestinian community. This is someone who is going to speak out against anti-Semitism, of course. Uh, but you're asking me, you're, you're, you were kind of conflating the two. You were asking me about pro protest, and you were asking me about this question. If you talk to a lot of the protesters, you'll hear anti-Semitic comments. That and they we're going to always Israel denounce, genocide. we're always going to denounce anti-Semitism. But at the same time, people have the right to peacefully protest. But we, in this administration, are going to always denounce anti-Semitism, any form of hate, any form of hate, whether it's against the Jewish community, right, anti-Semitism against the Muslim community, Arab-American community, or the Palestinian. We are going to denounce any form of hate that comes towards those communities. Except those ultra-maggots. Peaceful protests, people have the right to do that. Mm. But this is an administration, obviously. Obviously, it's going to uh, be very forceful and very yeah. clear about denouncing anti-Semitism. Yeah. A uh, new Harvard Harris poll just came out, which showed that a slim majority, 51 percent of 18 to 24 year olds in the United States, think that the uh, violence in Israel can be justified by the grievance of Palestinians. I know that you've been um, unequivocal in saying that the president is going to <laughs> denounce anti-Semitism. And, and he has. And he has. Um, is there anything in particular that the administration uh, is planning to do to take this argument to those college students or the, those younger generations who seem to be um, open to the idea that there are two sides to this thing? I don't have anything to, to lay out on any uh, specific uh, conversations or so, outreach no. that the president's going to do to uh, students. As you know, we have an office of public engagement here. Mm -hmm. uh, we have other offices here at the White House that is constantly engaging uh, with uh, with communities, in including the young community. I just don't have anything. The young community. To your Did you know that there's a whole uh, young community? To do that. Uh, I'm going to. All right, hang on. All right, I'm I'm done. I, I heard. Her crutch phrases just drive me nuts. Um, but I'm glad that we heard that because I actually have this question that that reporter, I don't know who it was, that just asked about this Harris poll just released. Here's the question. Do you think the Hamas killing of 1,200 Israeli civilians can be justified by the grievances of Palestinians, or is it not justified? Right? Was the, was the killing of 1,200 Israeli civilians justified or not? And in total, 76% of respondents said not justified. 24% said, yeah, it can be justified. And when you break down that 24%, you find 9% age 65 and older, just 9%. And then working backwards, going younger in the different demographic blocks by 10-year increments, right? So 65 and older, that's the, that's the oldest cohort. Then the next one is 55 to 64. Then the next one's 45, 54. Then 35, 44, 25, 34, 18 to 24, right? So you... You got these these different age groups. And what you see is as you move younger, the support for the actions, for the atrocities grows. 
So 55 to 64-year-olds, 11% say yes, just can be justified. In the age group 45 to 54, 23% say can be justified. 35 to 44, now you're at 39% saying can be justified. 25 to 34-year-olds, 48% say can be justified. And then among 18 to 24-year-olds, the stupidest age, apparently, 51% say can be justified. This is what you're seeing on the college campuses. This is what you're seeing. These are the activists that the Marxists, through the K-12 and uh, 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 the collegiate system, this is what they have been training. You see it right here. Right? The older generations... They recognize evil. They say, you, don't, you can't justify that. You cannot justify the, the atrocities. I'm not going to go into them all, but maybe I should. Maybe I should spend like a portion of every single day show describing in detail the level of barbarity that we saw exacted upon innocent children, elderly Civilians, I, I, I like I, I don't, I don't know what this spells for our future. When you got fifty-one percent saying because if they think if they think that's justified, this is the same thing as like punch a Nazi, right? And everybody that disagrees with me is a Nazi. This is the same problem. You are now justifying anything because, like under Marxism, the ends justify the means. That's that's what we're seeing. It doesn't matter when people are like, "What did you think decolonization looked like?" This is what they're talking about. There was a piece over at the Free Press. TheFP.com is the website. And the headline is, The Day the Delusions Died. Constantine Kissin is his name. He wrote this piece. He's a he's co-host of the podcast Trigonometry. And uh, this was a guest piece that he wrote. He says that the Hamas attacks shattered long-held delusions in the West. Hey, so real quick, hurricane season is here, and this is your reminder to check your emergency supplies. You should have a three-day supply of food, water, and medicines, minimum. And Carolina Readiness Supply can help you get started or expand your supply. Food, water purifiers, lighting, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, camping and hiking supplies too, because being prepared is just smart. Carolina Readiness Supply has 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials that you can use for any kind of emergency. Whether you're an experienced prepper or you have no clue what you're doing, or maybe you're somewhere in between, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you in Waynesville and always at carolinareadiness.com. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply, will you be ready when the lights go out? So, Constantine Kissin, I think is his uh, how he how he pronounces his last name. Um, but he's a co-host of a podcast called Trigonometry, and uh, he had a piece at the Free Press. He says when Hamas terrorists crossed over the border with Israel and murdered fourteen hundred innocent people, they destroyed families and entire communities. They also shattered long-held delusions in the West. He said a friend of mine joked that she woke up on October 7th as a liberal 
and went to bed that evening as a 65-year-old conservative. But it wasn't really a joke, and she wasn't the only one. What changed? The best way to answer that question is with the help of Thomas Sowell, one of the most brilliant public intellectuals alive today, and I might add a Gaston County native, if I recall correctly. In 1987, Sowell published a a book called A Conflict of Visions. In this now classic, he offers a simple but powerful explanation of why people disagree about politics. We disagree about politics, he argues, because we disagree about human nature. We see the world through one of two competing visions, each of which tells a radically different story about human nature. One is called the unconstrained vision, and one is called a constrained vision, right? So constrained, unconstrained, right? So if you have the unconstrained vision, you would think that humans are malleable and can be perfected. They believe that social ills and evils can be overcome through collective action that encourages humans to behave better. To subscribers of this view, poverty, crime, inequality, and war are not inevitable. Rather, they are puzzles that can be solved. We need only to say the right things, enact the right policies, spend enough money, and we will suffer these social ills no more. This worldview is the foundation of the progressive mindset. This is the unconstrained vision. By contrast... Those who see the world through a constrained vision believe that human nature is a universal constant. No amount of social engineering can change the sober reality of human self-interest or the fact that human empathy and social resources are necessarily scarce. People who see things this way believe that most political and social problems will never be solved. They can be managed, but not solved. This approach is the bedrock of the conservative worldview. Hamas's barbarism and the explanations and celebrations throughout the West that followed their orgy of violence have forced an overnight exodus from the unconstrained camp into the constrained one. I'm not so sure, by the way. I agree with this. I'm just letting you know like, this is there's a larger point here. I'm not so sure I agree that there was this mass migration. I think a lot of people are waking up and realizing, holy cow, these people that I thought were my allies because we all believed in sort of similar liberal uh, philosophies. And they're now looking around and, and, and not hearing any kind of condemnation. And that really is like that, that. That should be an easy thing to do is to condemn Hamas. That should be easy. And it's not for the leftists. And again, I separate leftism from liberalism. The events of the last two weeks have shattered the illusion that wokeness is about protecting victims and standing up for persecuted minorities. This ideology is and always has been about the one thing many of us have told you it is about for years. It is about power. That is all it's about. Constantine Kissin says uh, the uh, this ideology wokeness, aka wokeness, right? It's Marxism, and what it's always been about is power. 
after the last two weeks, there can be no doubt about how these people will use any power that they seize, right? They will seek to destroy in any way they can those who they disagree with. This unpleasant conclusion is surprising only if you are still clinging to the unconstrained vision. But if there is any constant in human history, it is that revolutionaries always feel entitled to destroy those who stand in their way. Just as hope about the possibility of peace with jihadists seems suicidally naive, Reconciliation with citizens seized by the woke mindset seems a very long way off. Let me go over here to the phones and get uh, Bob on. Walking Bob. Welcome. How are you, sir? Hey, Pete. I know I probably sound like extra sexy today, but I'm <laughs> on my walk. I know. I know. Just winded. I'm on the I'm on the hilly part of my walk, the Barton Creek Connector. It's a it's a beast. But anyway. Ah, all right. So, uh, somebody said, it might have been you said, about this PLO person that wound up working for the government. Uh, Did somebody not check her LinkedIn page or whatever? Yeah. Probably what got her hired. That's possible. They they know who she is. Yeah. And and that poll that you cited proves it. Mm -hmm. 76% said that these murders that started the war were uh, uh, unjustified. That means 26% are not willing to say that. Well, no. you know all of them are liberals. No, they're, no, they're, they're beyond liberal. They're leftists. It's, it's, it, yeah, I, I separate the two because liberals, you know, generally speaking, are, uh, are in alignment with conservatives on, you know, free speech and, you know, don't murder and rape and behead babies and that sort of stuff, right? Generally speaking, liberals are. Um, progressives, the leftists, they're not. They, they're they playing a hardcore Marxist game, and they're using the cover of liberals to do so. And liberals better I wake totally, the bleep up. I totally agree with that. I accept it, that your, your characterization is better than mine. But, uh, they, but they're all going to be courted by Democrat politicians, and that's where mm-hmm. their political home is going to be. Mm-hmm. And so this creates this, you just have to be dishonest in order to navigate this, where now they talk about, well, we don't know how this happened. They know how it happened. Mm-hmm. And usually the left is pretty unified on stuff. And, you, you know, you can look at, if you if you don't know their liberal look at the back of their car you look at the back of my car even if i look like a liberal you look on the back of my car i don't have all these bumper stickers that say save the whales uh ban nuclear power love is love black lives matter uh all those they have all those positions uh in bumper stickers on their car here uh democrat voters are I started to say they're divided, but they're all going to vote for Biden anyway. But there is, again, this I I just don't understand this division that miraculously lives within one political party. Is there anything? This is my question. It's a long question. It's a long walk, too. (laughs) My question is, is there anything in the Republican conservative 
even MAGA extremists, horrible people that we are, I am, I know you're not, uh, uh, that, uh, that, uh, that, comes close to being this divisive you know we've got we've got division in the uh house trying to elect a leader but we really don't we got eight or ten knuckleheads and you know there's 200 and some uh democrats that could say look we're going to just all vote present so that you guys can sort it out and 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 elect whatever horrible person you're going to elect and let's just get down to hashing this out and taking care of the uh business of the American people, but they don't do that because they enjoy the clusterfication that has been taking place here over the last... Well, their incentives... Yeah, well, their incentive... People are responding to the incentives that work for them, right? Democrats have an incentive to see the mess at the House continue, right? Nothing is going to move, no bills or anything like that, and they get to fundraise off of it. And they get to um, they get to watch the Republicans look like idiots. So the, all of the incentives are aligned for them to do exactly what they're doing. And just like you've got the incentive structure on the Republican side too, right? Whether it's the knuckleheads that are the appropriators or the the war hawks or whatever, or it's the uh, you know the uh, Matt Gates and, and his seven or eight uh, people that were with him. Like the, all of these incentives align, and that's why you're seeing them behave the way they are behaving is because that. That's how they get rewarded. So yeah. until the incentive structure changes, I don't know if we see anything. Uh, I don't know if we see anything different now. As far as getting rid of this this wokeism, I'm like what I am hoping is that people recognize what they're seeing, and I think there needs to be. And that's why I do it here, and I do it on social media, and I walk towards this fight because to me, and I've said this before, I have moral clarity on the Hamas attack on Israel. There is no, there is no justification for what we saw there, and um, and it, to me it is it, that's a bright line. And you, if you can't condemn it, then I'm putting you onto team baby beheading rapists, right? You go over there, and I'm going to treat you as the as the barbarian that you are, because that's what you are advocating for, and that is an evil thing to advocate for, and it is uh, it is a reversion away from civiliz- uh, from a civilized society and I do uh, and I oppose that and I think if everybody who actually agrees with me on that were to stand together and say no like and honestly Ron DeSantis made this point if you're here on a student visa and you're out there celebrating uh, what the Palestinians or the uh, Hamas did because they've now identified like there's a there's a release today of a video of an interrogation and this Hamas fighter says we became Daesh which is ISIS. Like, they adopted ISIS tactics. They did that on purpose. So if you cannot condemn this, then you are essentially giving a pass to ISIS tactics, and I have no use for you, no use for you at all. And and if you're here on a student visa, you need to leave. Because I don't know if, like, if you're willing to justify this, then you may be willing to commit it, because it's a death cult. And uh, and you know and you can go and believe what you want to believe, and you can believe it someplace else. We you do not have a right to be here and advocate for that kind of uh, for that kind of violence. Uh, Bob, I appreciate the call, buddy. Uh, good luck on the rest of your walk too. No, and, and and I want to be clear here on a student visa. That's it. If you're an American citizen and you're saying these things, I'm not saying you get deported. I am saying you might want to watch them, but I am saying, <laughs> but I am saying that you. 
you do not have a right to come to this country and engage in that kind of behavior and advocate for these kinds of things. And honestly, if you are an American citizen and you you want to embrace that culture, there are a whole bunch of other societies where you can go live and live in that culture. Have at it. Back to this Constantine Kissin piece at the free press. The FP.com is where you can find it. The headline is the day the delusions died. It's a very lengthy piece. I'm just giving you a couple of the highlights out of it. He talks about a couple different issues and, uh, one of them is uh, immigration. The issue of illegal immigration has been impossible to discuss in polite company for decades. No matter how bad the problem became, to raise concerns about it would almost always lead to accusations of bigotry and xenophobia. What we have witnessed over the last two weeks with enormous pro-Hamas rallies in cities like London, Paris, and Washington, D.C., It has the potential to change the immigration debate in a decisive way. It's much harder to pretend that allowing people to enter our country illegally is a moral good when you watch some of them celebrate mass murder in the streets of your capital cities. To express concern about border security has for many years been coded as right wing. But how many people, after the horrors of October 7, how many people now believe that a secure border is anything other than the most basic test of national security. This year, we have seen the highest number of illegal crossings since we began keeping records. Polling shows that the American people, who are otherwise uniquely welcoming of new arrivals, are not too happy about what we're seeing right now. It is clearer now, than uh, more now than ever before, that borders are not about bigotry, they're about security. And for folks like you and me on the right, this is obvious. It always has been obvious. We have the constrained view. To the unconstrained view, the only reason anybody would want secure borders or say secure borders or talk about it at all was because, you know, racism. The reason that the readjustment is necessary and, in my view, highly likely, he says, is that proponents of the unconstrained vision, as Thomas Sowell called it, have been allowed to ride roughshod over the concerns of ordinary citizens. They have used this window of opportunity to implement extraordinarily impractical and outright harmful ideas because they take the unbelievable levels of safety and plenty And freedom that we enjoy in the West, they take this all for granted. The one form of privilege you will never hear them address is the first world privilege that we all benefit from every day. And they have done this because the fundamental flaw in the unconstrained model of the world is a failure to understand Thomas Sowell's greatest maxim, which is, there are no solutions only trade-offs. When you let your institutions be captured by an ideology of intolerance and illiberalism masquerading as progress, that has consequences, right? When you sow division at home and signal weakness abroad, that has consequences. When you debase the public's faith in what they are told by the media and their government, that has consequences too. Western civilization, he says, has produced some of the most stunning scientific, technological, social, and cultural breakthroughs in human history. 
If you consider yourself a liberal or even a progressive, it must surely be clear by now that America and her allies are the only places in the world where your values are even considered values. If our civilization is allowed to collapse, it will not be replaced by a progressive utopia. It will be replaced by chaos and barbarism. Will this waking up moment persist? He says it depends. In large part, it depends on our courage to look reality in the face. Again, Thomas Sowell, quote, When you want to help people, you tell them the truth. When you want to help yourself, you tell them what they want to hear. And the truth is, we have indulged in magical thinking for far too long, choosing comforting myths over harsh realities, about terrorism, about immigration, and about a host of other issues. In our hunger for progress, we have forgotten that not all change is for the better. I've been saying this for years. These people are like, oh, progress, we're just progressing, we're just moving forward, forward, right, as the old commie uh, newsletter was called. They always talk about forward and progress. But if you're heading towards a cliff, I don't want to progress towards that. I don't want to move forward towards that. So now the world is paying the price for that self-indulgence. Let's hope recent events are the wake-up call that we so desperately need. This is why I say that like, this is going to come, and all right, so this has got to come from liberals, from people on the political left. They have to have this wake up. People on the right generally are aware of what, because they have a different constrained view of things, right? Versus the unconstrained. But we need to be welcoming to the people who are waking up. They're coming out of the coma. You know, we, sh- we shouldn't be, like, beating them in the face when they wake up. They're not going to like that very much. And they may retreat back over to the leftists. So be welcoming. Don't be like, oh, I told you so and all that. Be welcoming to them. Because remember, they're all about the touchy-feely stuff. So be like, oh, I hear you. I support you. Welcome. Kind of like that. All right, I'll see you tomorrow. Brett Winterbull's up next. Don't break anything while I'm gone. 